Today on this episode of Going Deeper, we are starting a new season, we have a new set, and we're diving into the book of James. It's often considered one of the most controversial and confusing books, but we hope to shed a little bit of light onto this very interesting short book of the New Testament. I'm your host, Kyle McCaskill. I'm Becky Clark. I'm Marie Burns. So join us as we go deeper. So welcome officially to the new season, season three, our new set that we have here. And I feel like we owe a little bit of an explanation to our listeners out there. We had promised a Q&A session for the end of season two, but there was just one problem. We didn't get any questions. So... <laughs> If y'all have questions, if you want to see another Q&A session, because I've spoken to some of you in person out there, and you definitely expressed your enjoyment of the Q&A session, so come up with some more questions so we can give you some more answers. Uh, so keep them rolling, askgoingdeeper at gmail.com. If you have questions about this or any podcast episode that we have done in the past that you would like answered, and... Eventually, we'll get around to having all five of us back in the room again and having another fun Q&A session. But the reason we are here today is to get into the book of James. So I'm really just here to offer my, you know... Just from, you're the moral support. I, I'm moral the, support. If there was uh, any book that we needed moral support for, it would be this book. I'm, I'm here for for y'all. <laughs> I don't know. Leviticus required a whole lot of moral oh, yeah. support. That one did too. Yeah, that's true. But really, Marie and Becky, y'all both have done extensive preparation and research uh, into the book of James, getting ready for a Bible study that begins very soon. Y'all may have already begun by the time this podcast is released. But nonetheless, I'm assuming that we're going to be in James chapter 1. No. No? <laughs> See? Well, kind of a knot, yes. Kind of a so knot. We'll talk the, about it. I know the book of James is very confusing. It's often seen as very controversial mm. because mm -hmm. there's some very nuanced things in the book that mm. probably need a little bit of explanation. So mm -hmm. with that, y'all take it away. <laughs> well, uh, the first question is, who was James? Yeah, I don't know. Next question. Okay. <laughs> this is so easy. <laughs> questions, answers, questions, answers. Well, who needs a Q&A session? We got That's this. That's right. Um, okay, let me rephrase the question. <laughs> Was it the brother of Jesus? I don't know. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> really, you mm -hmm. know, as I have been doing some uh, work in reading, it's so funny because every commentary that I've read, and when we, when we, prepare for Bible studies, the, if you guys could see like the amount of commentaries that we will gather together mm -hmm. to read and then we'll run into each other's office and be like, I just, I, this that person says something completely different from this person. Uh -huh. and it's so frustrating. Uh, no commentary really commentator will ag agree, I guess, mm -hmm. of who the author is. Most 
will lean towards the author of the epistle James as being James, the brother of Jesus. That's what I have read yeah, most it's the, often. It's definitely yes. the most common belief, but mm-hmm. part of what calls it calls that into question, I think, is when it was written, mm-hmm. which is another I don't know answer. Mm-hmm. It could have been written much later than the brother of Jesus mm-hmm. would have been alive. Yeah, there's some... Uh, the, the things that people lean upon to say it could be James, the brother of Jesus, is that we know from the book of Acts that James, um, he becomes pretty prominent as a, a leader within the Christian church, the young church, the Church of the Way, which is what it was called um, in its early stages. And uh, there are recordings of some letters that he has written. There's re- some recordings of some uh, speeches that he gave. He and Peter spent a lot of time in Jerusalem and kind of leading from that area um, so there's some some stuff that was recorded in Acts that that has similarity, and some of the the writing that we have of James seems to be somewhat maybe similar, just because of what they focus on. Right. But at the same time, uh, James seems to the brother James, who we're talking about in Acts, seems to have a much more organized way of writing and speaking. Okay. Uh-huh. So you're and saying that, that creates the issue then with the epistle James. Okay. So the epistle is not very organized compared to the James no. and Acts. <laughs> no. 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 Um, it w- an, an interesting aspect of James that was brought to our attention through uh, more than one resource, but a really mm-hmm. cool one was the Bible Project. Their video on the book of James really drew out this key feature running throughout which was that there are a lot of references to the Sermon on the Mount mm-hmm. all throughout. So hmm. the joke in the office became that James wrote a daily devotional on the Sermon on the Mount where he <laughs> heard, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit and here's my devotion to go with it. And somebody had these all together and then they tripped and they fell and they scattered and they just kind of <laughs> raked them back together the best they could because this right. book jumps all over the place, and we'll, it does. it'll repeat some themes from earlier. They'll show up later, and it's related, but not, and it yeah. doesn't flow. A lot of commentators uh, will try to show some consistency. There, there are multiple things that are mentioned multiple times, kind of in different ways. Mm-hmm. So there, there is some coherency to the book and yet there's such randomness and so that becomes the biggest issue about saying that James the brother of Jesus may not be the author of this book Um, and then there is the dating issue and it has to do with because um, they can't quite they don't know who it was definitively Mm -hmm. dating then becomes an issue and then some people say well it was it Based upon some of the things that are written, we think it was a much later date. And if it's a later date, then James, the brother of Jesus, has already uh, been, he's gone. He's been martyred. And so it can't be him. So then they throw out, well, could it be James, one of the apostles? Well, then there's all kinds of other issues with that. Then there's, well, it could have just been, it could be an anonymous person that they named James, um, and so those are those are typically the three mm-hmm. kind of biggest options. 
but but most people kind of say we're just gonna we feel like it may be James the brother of Jesus and so we're gonna lean there okay so I mean that that makes sense and and in the end when we're asking the question who wrote it for our own sake really is that an important uh that question to ask and, and to have a definitive answer. I mean, for some things, yes, but I, I don't know. I, I don't get too bogged down in authorship a lot of times because, well, the, there's people smarter than me <laughs> decided what is in this book, yeah. you know, totally. And, and so... Well, the positive of knowing potentially who the author also gives us a date, which also gives mm. us the idea of the uh, the crowd that they're writing to, right. context. Mm-hmm. What could have been going on What could have been going time. on, what they were really yeah. trying to address. And so when you don't have those things, um, sometimes it's just harder to kind of figure out, so what was okay. the situation then? Yeah. So that we can go back to, because remember, what we always try to focus on is let's read it starting with the people who heard it first. Yeah. What was the intent for the original audience? And then from the original intent of that audience, then we start to pull out. So then how does it apply to this audience, which is us today? Mm-hmm. So when you don't have a definitive author and when you don't have a definitive date and you don't have a definitive audience, sometimes it makes it a little more difficult. Um, and and so that's a challenge for the book of James. Yeah. But at the same time, the book of James is just like, a, it's what Marie said, it's like a hodgepodge in some uh-huh. ways. So it's a unique book that you, I don't know that it matters as much. Okay. Well, but that being said, I mean, we know from some of Paul's more confusing and controversial writings that knowing the context, knowing the time and the date, and mm-hmm. being able to put it in a time and space, it actually makes it, uh, credible mm-hmm. because without some of that information mm-hmm. you're you would be like okay Paul you're way off the reservation here and just not even in the right ballpark mm-hmm. but knowing in these more confusing instances it, it really helps I guess yeah and and Paul and the epistle of James seem to have a few things that maybe kind of bump up against each other mm-hmm. um, and they don't contradict each other, but there are a few things that Paul says that if you're reading the book of James and you know those things or you're opposite, then you kind of go, wait a minute, one of them said kind of this and the other mm-hmm. one said kind of this. And so then, if again, if you don't know the author and you don't know the context, then you start to, you know, one of the biggest questions that people have is, well, does the Bible contradict it itself? Can it possibly contradict itself? And then what do you do if it does? You know, and so they they don't, but there are some lines that kind of walk up to it. But again, yeah. understanding context and audience mm-hmm. and things like that is really helpful, and yeah. we don't have we'll, that. We'll run into two of those when I teach chapter two because you have James talking about being. Ju- it sounds like he's saying that you're judged by the law, and that's also where you find faith without works is dead. And Paul seems to speak very opposite to that. So we'll deal with two of those big ones just mm-hmm. in chapter two of seemingly they say two very different things. And, you know, I've, I'm, I still kind of circle back around with that one on, a, on some commentaries because it's, it gets pretty nuanced at that mm-hmm. point when, 
when they seem to say such opposite things and at a glance you can say well both can be true and except except if you dig a little deeper you start running into issues so we'll we'll be unpacking some of that when we get to chapter two okay um, i'll look forward to that one yeah yeah it'll be good i i hope so anyway (laughs) (laughs) you know interesting one interestingly as i was studying one of the other um kind of controversial things about the book of James is it was one of the last books to make it into the canon. Okay. Um, And so, you know, it was disputed. Heavily. Heavily disputed. Yeah, about should this be put in or not. And some of it had to do with the unclear author, the unclear time period, the unclear uh, audience, um, and and its style, the what they say the linguistic style of it mm-hmm. is so unique and kind of different because it's a hodgepodge of if you read the book of James all the way through from start to finish which is not a long book so you could you could do it in one simple setting five chapters yeah um, you will find that it sounds kind of like you're reading proverbs or like you know other wisdom books because mm-hmm. there's these like pithy sayings and all that kind of but they just kind of jump out it's not it's not in the same organized way of proverbs where you've got kind of these sayings these just very truth sayings that are very short it's like you're kind of talking about one thing and then you got a little saying and you're like whoa 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 you know whiplash here and then you move on to something else um, and so the style is a little bit like that but then the style is also kind of a conversational action style it's not really written like like a letter it doesn't even have an intro to it mm-hmm. and then it has a no no exit there's no ending to it it just like it's like period done yeah because it so. was very common in uh the other epistles for there to be uh, be an outro mm-hmm. right basically mm-hmm. yeah. yeah where you the intro is where you talk about you know kind of the person who's receiving the letter or the mm-hmm. group of people who are receiving yeah. the letter and typically then the outro is kind of those last bits that the author mm-hmm. is either leaving that particular person or that group of people or saying like oh, i'm hoping to see you soon and i'm going mm-hmm. to blah 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 place we have we have none yeah. of that we have a very 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 small intro into the book of james like one sentence and the sentence is you know, James, the servant of God the, and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes and the dispersion. Mm-hmm. Well, who the heck are those yeah. people? Because and there's a lot past, of theories on that. That's too. right. There's a lot of theories on that because it, when we were talking about uh, the diaspora, that was really a time frame when the people of God had been scattered, when they'd been taken away by the Babylonians. Is that the second group of people? Probably so. Yeah, Syrians first are first, Assyrian. Babylonians are uh-huh. second. And so the, the 12 tribes, which really... We lost some of them by then are completely scattered. Yeah. So when you talk about the diaspora, typically you're talking about the time before even Christ. Okay, what is this word you're saying? Diaspora. So it really just means the dispersion. Oh, I got you. I've heard okay. some people pronounce it diaspora, if that helps. Yes. I've heard both. This is a new word for me. I've okay. learned something. <laughs> That's what they'll call it. Smart people will... <laughs> Obviously, I'm not one. Make whatever Aww. assumptions you'd like to at this point. Uh, <laughs> 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 it took a turn. <laughs> sorry, that was a burn. Oh, I'm very I wish to sit back and... <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> 
scholars of which I just read um, will call it, <laughs> which just makes it just means dispersion, group right. of people gotcha. broken up kind of I, thing. I see the, and so yes. that is what the that's the area that they mark the time period that they mark between when the people of God have been moved out by the Babylonians to when they finally come back um, in the time of um, the Book of Nehemiah and things uh-huh. like that. So. That's typically that mark. So we're not in that, though. Right. Right. And well, so some talk about it maybe, I think I found, and I'm sure you did too, that the general thinking is the audience is Jewish Christians, mm-hmm. not Gentiles necessarily. So perhaps if they, they're, the church is growing, a lot of them started getting pushed out of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And so maybe the 12 tribes is just kind of a nod to their heritage and not quite so literal. But again... We don't know because we don't know who yeah. the author was or the audience. So yeah, it's just a guess. I mean, we know this is after Christ because of the content, right? But um, what exactly even the intro means is is still a little bit up in the air. Mm-hmm. It's just assumptions on our part because um, the author hadn't told us. And then there's no ending. So it was a very difficult book to kind of get back to. Uh, it was one of the last books that was chosen to be put into the Bible, the canon, okay. because it just had kind of so many issues with it that made it hard. Martin Luther was not a fan. No, Martin yeah. Luther hated. He really disliked uh, this He book. really, really disliked the book of James. Although, as I understand, John Wesley really loved the book of James. So well, John Wesley was a man of, of action driven by faith. Yeah. So I, I can see where John Wesley would have really liked this book. Which if you want to hear more about that, we, that's one of the podcasts. That's the only podcast for the E100 that you, me mm-hmm. and Chris sat down and talked yeah. about. We talked a little bit about the book of James yeah. and we talked about John Wesley. Right. So you can go back and yeah. listen to that if one if you want. If you're watching on YouTube up here in this corner, I'll link that episode. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's going to be here. Corner. Like you, they're, they're on the screen. Yeah, right there. <laughs> If you are not watching, then that's right. If you're not watching, you you heard me point to something and you didn't see it. I apologize. Right, right. Right. So it's going to be an interesting book to study. Um, Would you like to tell people the the real way to pronounce James? Right. The Greek the Greek name for James is really Jacob or Yachub. Yachub. Mm-hmm. That was news You're to me. You're supposed to spit a little. <laughs> supposed to come in your throat. Yachub. Mm-hmm. Yachub. Comes up from your... So uh, if you've named mm-hmm. your child James after this book, I'm so sorry. You should have named him Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. But yeah. I mean, um, I, that very was confusing. A, that was an interesting little tidbit for me that it's yeah. more like Jacob than James. I'm seeing that how it's... It's, it's really strange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm looking in my olive tree. Another... There you go. Uh, another yes. nod to the olive tree with the Strong's mm-hmm. tags in it. Uh, if if you're Bible a, Hub's good about that too. Yeah, if you're a digital person, I, I can't recommend the Olive Tree Bible app strongly enough, uh, just because of the library that they have and the the things that you can get through that. The only other thing I would say is we're kind of introing into uh, the Book of James, which Marie already kind of mentioned. And we're heavily going to kind of pull this in is uh, that it really does seem like even though James is somewhat disorganized, it really does seem that it 
pulls heavily from the Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. If you go back and read chapter five, six, and seven of the book of Matthew, which mm-hmm. is where the Sermon on the Mount really sits. And when people think about the Sermon on the Mount, it's not just the blesseds portions. Right. It's it's those are the beginning parts yeah. of the Sermon on the Mount, but there's there's multiple things that Jesus covers. It's it's mm-hmm. like he had a um, a revival yeah. uh, up there it's on the Mount. Chapters 5, so. 6 and 7 of Matthew. And, mm-hmm. and it shows up in one of the other gospels Luke, for sure, but Luke I think I think Luke is the other mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. I, I often so. say that, you know, to to the people that think Jesus came to make our lives easier and everything you need to read the Sermon on the Mount because not only does Jesus not make our lives easier, he doubles down and makes adhering to the moral part of the law even more strict. Mm. Yeah. And so Jesus is not giving us a pass. He's narrowing the road even further. Right. Yeah, so we're going to pull that in because that was very, to me, it was very revolutionary when I when I heard it suggested by the Bible Project people. And then as I started reading some commentaries, they're not the only ones that, that have mm-hmm. kind of compared it. And the more that you read them kind of side by side, the more you really see that James, whoever this author is, has said, you know that the teaching of Jesus, this teaching on the Sermon on the Mount kind of encapsulates all all of the things that Jesus wanted us as the people of God to, to know. It's, that's all the learning, right? So now that Christ has come, he has gone, come again, and has ascended to heaven and given us the Holy Spirit, it seems that James says, it's time for us to really revisit that sermon. And here's how it's still applicable to us. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of pulls pieces and and kind of addresses uh, mo- most of, I think, the Sermon on the Mount. I really don't know at this point, I think he covers almost everything that's said in five, six, and seven. I mean, we, mm-hmm. even if it's a like one sentence, I mean, we talk about, I think there's a one sentence in James towards the end where we talk about adultery. Um, he does. We talk about the poor. Uh-huh. We talk about um, work. We talk about uh, caring for one another. Caring for the needy. The needy. Yeah. There's so much. I mean, then we we have the stuff about the the what you say um, and and being arrogant or there's prayer towards the back and all this kind of stuff and so. I feel like he pulls just about everything from the Sermon on the Mount, almost like he's got the sermon memorized and then kind of says, oh, oh, and I want to tell you this, too. Don't forget. Don't forget this little thing, too. Mm -hmm. So if you're if you're going to study and and follow along with us as we're podcasting and, you know, we're going to film the studies as well to put on, my suggestion would be to also read on the front end the Sermon on the Mount, chapter five, six, and seven. It's not a long read. No. Giving um, us homework. Yes, yes. Well, homework homework is good. Homework is good. But I think looking at them together, we're going to do a lot of that. Yes. So. Yep. Okay. So, <laughs> with all that said, where are y'all going in your first lesson that you're going to teach? The, the first lesson is really going to be a whole lot of kind of what we've talked about uh, the here. The backstory, who, who okay. Who is the author? What problems do we have in regard to not really knowing the author or the date? So then how do we read this book? Okay. How do we, how do we read it and interpret how it 
applies to us. And um, so that'll be a lot of our conversation. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about, are there any specific themes that we have within this book that will come uh, kind of come up over and over again? So it's a, a synopsis and kind of the first week. And then we struggled with how to teach this yes. book. And we went multiple different ways and about how to do it. So we thought we could do it by theme instead of chapter by chapter, because chapter by chapter just seems kind of random. You're jumping around a lot. Um, but we couldn't seem to make that work. No, the, the idea of going by theme sounds like a good idea until you really try to get into it. And it's hard to, sometimes it's kind of hard to draw a line because of where he jumps. But things like your words and your actions, it pops out, it, 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 caring for the poor and needy, that kind of thing. It just shows up at random points. It's hard to, so today we're going to cover chapter two verses, you know, this and this, and also chapter four verses this and this, and also, and it, it just got very complicated. So after... Becky will teach the introductory this week, this Thursday, and then, or last Thursday, depending on when this airs. And from there, we'll go chapter by chapter. It's where we landed, yeah. but we tried to tackle it other ways. So I guess another big question that I have that may come up is, why teach this book? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Next question. We we pick things like Leviticus and stuff. I don't know. We're just crazy. Well, the the only one that had any real reasoning behind it was when we went to Hebrews because it was like the New Testament version of Leviticus. (laughs) Right. I I feel like sometimes when you put all the books on the of the Bible up and we throw a dart and we're like, oh, this one, and then we're like, why do we pick this one? This one's so hard. Well, and we weren't even going to teach James this summer. We were going to go a completely different direction, and then we changed directions, and then we changed directions again and becky's like hello james i'm like okay and it was it's nice and short and it's it's a good challenge though i mean how long is the the study challenge than i expected uh this is only six weeks it's only a six-week study um so you know a chapter a week essentially uh uh, and that it's it'll be a quick read and a quick i think that's one of the reasons we picked it for right now because we're depending on when you're listening to this, we're, we're going into the summer. It is, it is so. the summer of 2021 yes. and we are all busy yeah. and we have children that do all kinds of things. And mm-hmm. so. We do. And we needed a, some, we, uh, this is not all that to say, this hasn't been as easy of a bite as I thought mm-hmm. it would be. Mm-hmm. However, we've got big plans for the fall and the spring that are going to be much more um, difficult. Okay. Yeah. So we were trying to, we were trying to take it easy and yet, I don't know about you, but this is, <laughs> Well, you know, I think one of the it's other interesting things easy. about the book of James is that it's probably one of the most quoted books, uh-huh. of the pieces yeah. quoted of the sure. Bible. It's because mm-hmm. of the way it's written. It's got, again, these little kind of short little sayings, kind snippets. of things, snippets of things that are easily remembered, snippets of things that are very applicable. So most of the chapters are very well known. So in that, I feel like any book, any passage that is heavily snippeted, (laughs) if that's, I'm going to make up a word, that we often take those little snippets and use them for our own purposes Mm -hmm. instead of trying to use them in the way that the author slash God, because, you know, from our perspective, God is, you know, inspiring and breathing this through the author. So let's maybe be careful with some of these snippets as we go through them and put some Mm -hmm. of them in the right places. Right context. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I can't wait to hear more of what y'all have to say about James. 
because I just I I love these conversations yeah. and I I am the initial benefactor of all the work that y'all put in because I get to sit here <laughs> <laughs> and just learn stuff and soak it up. Uh, yeah, this has been good. Yeah. So, but with that, I think we have some really great things to look forward to in the next five, six, seven, eight weeks, however long we're going to be actually talking about this in podcast form. Um, and so if you haven't already, if you're just finding us, make sure you subscribe, Re- write us a review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening, on YouTube, like, share, comment, do all the things. You can also send your questions in the comments of the YouTube video. Yeah. And we'll get them there. Yeah. Uh, so you can either send us questions to askgoingdeeper at gmail.com or just comment on the video and let us know that you're watching. And if you think somebody you know needs to hear the brilliance that is the theological minds of Becky and Marie on the book of James, (laughs) share the video too. I know, no pressure. No, I'm putting all the pressure out there on our viewers and listeners for them to share and like and subscribe and do all the things. There's a notification bell on YouTube that you can click that you get notified whenever we do something new. But with that, I will say, any final words? No? Good. All right. We will see y'all next week. Thanks for listening.